Hello there, this is the Jamie and Sean, WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston local community radio station. I'm your host, Jai Bonnet. My guest today is... He's a hair Ferrar. So can you tell me something about, about yourself, how you, how you got started in, in acting? Okay, yeah. So my name is Zahara Ferrar. I'm originally from Philadelphia, born and raised, I guess. Around kindergarten, I had my first play. Um, it was The Wizard of Oz. I didn't have a big part in it, but... Um, I was just like one of the background actors, just standing there like a tree. Um, but after that, I realized that I wanted more from acting. I wanted to do more. I wanted to get out there. I wanted people to see me. Um, so I started going out for, um, you know, little theater uh, auditions and things like that. But at the time, my parents really couldn't afford to send me to like the top notch acting classes. So um, I just did what I could. Um, I would say all the way until eighth grade, I was just doing, you know, little theater programs. Then when I got to high school, I joined the theater club there and I realized that this is my passion. I love to act. And from there, when I went to college, I, you know, started doing more and more films or uh, theater programs and uh, plays and things like that. And then once I uh, left college, I joined the military. So my dream was kind of put on pause for a little bit. It was, I took a hiatus from it because I had to, I joined the military. So I had to, you know, fulfill those orders. So once I came out to San Diego, I realized this is the perfect time for me to start um, back at acting. But then COVID hit. So uh, <laughs> another pause, another hiatus. But once, well, COVID isn't over, but once it kind of, uh, we kind of, I guess, learned to live with COVID. I started going back to acting classes and I really started to pursue my dream in acting. I went out within the first week, I got headshots. I built my resume up. I got an actor's reel because I just started working, working, working. And here I am today. <laughs> what made you decide to join the military, if you don't mind my asking? Oh, yeah. Um, I joined the military because, uh, once again, I'm from Philly. So it was kind of, it was a lot going on in Philadelphia at the time. It's got, it's getting more and more violent. So I didn't want to stay there and I kind of let fear um, push me to join the military because I actually was doing good as an actress in Philadelphia. Like I started uh, going out of my comfort zone and I started auditioning, auditioning for roles. And I got two roles, but then I got nervous because one of my friends kind of got in my ear and she was like, well, you know, you're, you're, you're 23 now. So you're going to be off your parents' health insurance and dental insurance. So what do you want to do for insurance? What do you want to do for money? You're going to be a starving actress and you're going to, you know, you're going to move to LA. You're going to be, you might be homeless because you don't have an actual plan. And that scared me. So when she said that it kind of got in my head and I was like, okay, you're right. Like, I don't have a real plan yet. I'm not really financially stable. Like I just, you know, I just moving out of my parents' home. So it was kind of like the best bet for me at the time to join the military because I knew that I would have a constant check. I would be able to travel and stuff like that. And so, um, yeah, I joined the military. I surprised my whole family. They were not expecting that. I kind of blindsided them. Um, but um, nonetheless, it led me here to San Diego anyway. So it just came full circle. Was it scary? No, it actually was pretty fun. You know, it has its ups and downs, but... Through the military, I was able to travel to, I want to say, like 18 countries. I was stationed in Europe, um, so that was pretty fun. I was stationed in Europe for three years, and um, I got to travel. I got to make some lifelong friends, which was, that was amazing. They became family to me. Um, I it was a good, it's a good, it was a good experience for me to join the military. I think it gave me structure. Um, 
it gave me a routine for me to get into and it gave and it was dis- it gave me discipline because in the military you kind of have to get up at a certain time and and when i was in boot camp we had to learn how to make our beds a certain way it was a military style to make your beds and fold your clothes and you have to eat at this time shower at this time sleep at this time so it definitely gave me some discipline because before that i would you know just wake up and go not even fix my bed but now that's a habit for me so it definitely instilled a lot of positive habits that I still carry on with me now. They yell at you, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They yell a lot. <laughs> they yelled a lot in boot camp. Um, but I guess since I joined older, it was just like, I kind of treated it as a game because that's essentially what it, it felt like to me. It was like, you know, as long as you do what you have to do, you won't get yelled at that much. And I think I was a pretty square the way seller, as they call it. So, you know, I made my bed on time. I got up. I kept my mouth closed. I was very unproblematic in boot camp. Um, so I kind of like, you know, flew under the radar for the most part. And um, yeah, I just I, like I said, since I was older, I kind of. I kind of understood, you know, the politics of it or what we had to do as whereas though some of the younger girls, you know, it was just like they didn't know what they got themselves into. And I kind of had an idea of what this would be. What parts are you working on right now? Um, well, right now I'm just auditioning for a bunch of roles. Um, <laughs> I actually am starting my own film. Um, it's called Becoming Strangers. Okay. So that is actually about, um, it's kind of like a little bit of my story amongst other stories that I pulled from my friends or just inspiration from, um, from other people, from random people. Sometimes I like to talk to random people. Um, like if I go to the library or if I go to um, a store, sometimes I, I like to talk to people. I love to talk. So, you know, uh, as, while I'm talking to people, you know, I hear their stories and like I like to ask those questions about how did you and your husband meet or how did you and your wife meet or, you know, how is how do you feel being married or how do you feel being in a relationship? So I kind of took all those stories and combined it into one. And it's just about, you know, the stages of grief after you break up with your partner. And I'm the star. <laughs> um, I wrote it. I starred in it, and I uh, directed it myself. Um, so I'm really excited for that to come out. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's very. It's a very vulnerable piece. Um, but once again, it's not just my story. It's the many, the story of many other people. So I'm excited for it to come out. <laughs> I can't wait to see that coming in. Are you also looking for extras? Yeah, if, if anybody's in the San Diego area and they're willing to, you know, collaborate with me or work with me, right now I am a starving actress, so <laughs> I can't really, you know, pay big budget Hollywood movie, but, um, you know, like, luckily a lot of my friends help out with my movies, so, um, you know, I offer them gas money, I give them lunch. Um, again, it's not a Hollywood budget, it's just me um, doing this on my own, so... I love when my friends or even like some uh, somebody I met at the bar one time, um, it was at a company party. You know, I told him about my dream and I told him that this is what I want to do. And he was like, I'll volunteer. I'll help you out. So it's always good when people are willing to, you know, understand the circumstances that I'm not rich yet, but I will be, you know, and it's just all about you know, willing to work with people and network with people and help them out because, you know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours kind of thing. Um, and you never know where somebody might be 10 years from now, you know, I might be the next Hollywood director, the big Hollywood director, you know, so it's always good to just, you know, I am looking for, I'm always looking for extras, background actors, or even, you know, somebody to star with me or star in the film. Um, so if you're in the San Diego area and, you know, you want to build up your reel and resume, 
<laughs> so what inspires you? What, what gives you inspiration and hope? Um, what inspires me? I would say as a young girl, um, black, as an African-American young girl, you know, a lot of times I didn't really see much of my, um, I guess, uh, representation of me. Um, on top of that, I am a curvier girl. So I kind of always counted myself out on a lot of projects because I said, there's no way they'll give me that. Um, there's no way that they would look at me and say, I see a star in her. But then I realized like I had to look at myself and see a star in myself because there's nobody else who can tell me that I'm a star but me. You know, so it was kind of I was always relying on the opinions of others. So I had to rely on the opinion of myself. Um, and so I guess that kind of inspired me to say, you know what, I can do this. Like, I don't have to be. Um, five foot seven and 110 pounds, I can just be me. And if people accept that, then great. And if not, then okay, I'll just create my own lane, which is what I did. Um, and so I just want people to see like, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be anybody other than yourself. And that inspires me to just keep on going because um, a lot of my friends and family, they're like, wow, you're really doing it. You're really, you're really out there really following your dreams. And it always encourages me to keep going. And it inspires me to say, like, people see this. People want to try and do it themselves now, which is good. They want to step out of their comfort zones. So that in itself is always just a feeling, a good feeling for me when some of my friends are like asking me, hey, how did you start your acting career? And it's always a good feeling because it's like, you want to do it too? Great. Let me show you the ropes because there's not a lot of representation of us out there. Um, or if it is, it's like sometimes it's a negative connotation on us. It's a negative um, look on us. So I just wanted to inspire people that you don't always have to play the drug dealer. You don't always have to play the uh, the hood guy in the movie. You can just be you. And if, if being you is this kid who likes anime and who likes to skateboard, then so be it. And write that in your script, you know. So that's what I wanted. That's what inspires me. That's what keeps me going. So how do you deal with projection? Oof. Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> I don't take it personal. I realize that that it's not personal. And I always say it's the most cliche line, but um, rejection is always God's protection. Or just because they they say no one time, it's never a closed door. It's, it could always be, you know, you're not right for this role. But later on, I might need you for something. Um, like I said, I never take it personal. I just take it as a learning experience because maybe I didn't give the um, director or casting director what they needed. So a lot of times I do like to follow up and say, hey, or uh, what could I have done better? Or what did you think? Could you give me some feedback? And I take that, I write it down and I go and I work on that. Sometimes it might be, you know, one time I almost landed a role, but the issue was at the time I couldn't cry on command. And oh. so I was like, well, God, like, how do you cry on command? So, of course, it helps you become a better actress because you start looking things up and you start to research and you start to do your homework. And so um, it's always a learning experience for me. Whenever I do get uh, turned down for a role, I'm like, OK, it's, it's, it's things a little bit sometimes, especially when I see the person playing my the character that I auditioned for. Mm -hmm. But I analyze that person, too. Sometimes I don't know if that's a good thing, but I do analyze the person who I know took that has the role that I did uh, go out for. And I look at them and I say, oh, OK. All right. I can learn from them. You know, they're they're actually evoking this emotion really well. And so I always take rejection as a learning experience. Have, have, have you met, met, met any subbies? No, <laughs> no, not yet. But I do hope that one day be in the parties with them or be in a meeting with them or being at a table read with them. I do hope that. Um, uh, San Diego, it's kind of like, um, 
it's it's not as big as LA and it's not um really for the entertainment industry. It it it, it is, but it's just smaller. Um so a lot of times you do have to go to LA for those to meet the celebrities, but what I learned is I went to Hollywood one time and I learned that the celebrities are not in Hollywood <laughs> because, um, yeah, you look at Hollywood and you think it's this big, big street with gold pavements and, and yeah. celebrities just here and there. But they're not. It's really just um, just, you know, everyday people like me and you just walking down the uh, Hollywood. Uh, what is it? Stars Boulevard. I don't even remember what it was called. The place where the stars are, the pavement, <laughs> you know, it's just regular people walking down there. Um, but I've never ran into a celebrity. Like I said, I hope speaking into existence that one day I'm at a table read with them or at a at a, um, at the Oscars or the Emmys. You know, you never know. <laughs> yeah. You're both in the same boat, you know, I feel the same age as you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Do, you, do you also sing? Yes, I do sing. Um, I used to actually really want to be a singer when I was younger, um, took some vocal lessons and, and things like that. But like, I, I guess maybe around like, uh, 2020, I realized like, I don't really want to be a singer. I really want to act. A lot of times though, it is easier to get a viral song on TikTok or, um, Instagram maybe, and then you blow up. And then from there you can, you can possibly, you know, uh, go out and do acting, but. I don't know. It just wasn't my thing. I also, you know, yeah, I just didn't, it's a lot of pressure to come up with the hit song. And obviously like I'm a writer, but I'm not there yet. So it was kind of hard to always come trying to come up with a, a trendy song or a pop song. Um, that wasn't really me. It was more R and B. Um, and I realized like, I didn't want to sing about uh, heartbreak all the time, which is so funny because I made a, my, my first film about, you know, sad being sad or heartbreak and things like that so um long story short i do sing but i think my passion is more geared to more toward acting oh yes me too um so what if i can you get people like myself that want to be you know actresses don't give up <laughs> don't give up like um i think like you said earlier talking about rejection it can sting and after a while maybe after maybe 200 no's, you might start to become defeated or feel defeated. But I feel like that's when you need to keep on pushing because you never know, maybe the 200 and uh, first time that you ask or you audition, you might get that role. Mm -hmm. It's just to just keep persevering, keep on going. Don't stop and don't let people get into your ear. Mm -hmm. um, I think when I first, went, well, I know when I first started, you know, people were saying, you want to be an actress? Why? Or that's not going to pay the bills. And obviously, I let it get to my head because I joined the military out of fear because somebody kind of projected their fear, their fears onto me. Never let anyone project their fears onto you. Don't give up and just take everything as a learning experience because you never know. You might get rejected for a role. And instead of learning from that, you're like, ah, whatever. And you become cocky. And you think that, you know what, I'm the best actress in the world. They're missing out on something. I never, ever try to do that. I never, ever try to, I guess, I never want to be cocky. I never want to come off as cocky. I always want to learn. Okay, if you didn't, if, if I'm not getting this role, could you tell me why? Could you critique me? Give me some, you know, give me some feedback if you can, if you have the time to, because that's always going to help me grow as an actress. So that's my advice. <laughs> How did you get that role in tomorrow's teaching? So that was a wonderful role. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, I have an account. It's called Backstage. And that's where a lot of actors go um, to look for roles. So I was on Backstage and I just I just started applying like crazy to different um, 
to different uh, auditions and slots. Well, hello there. This is the J-Man Show on WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston's local community radio station. Different uh, auditions and slots and things like that. And I saw tomorrow's teachings and I just applied. I sent them my demo reel um, along with my headshots and resume. And then within the next day, they got back to me and said, hey, we loved your demo reel. Would you like to audition or um, have this part in this, play this part in this uh, short uh, film that we're doing? And I was like, well, yeah, of course. Um, so, you know, I met up with them. They were super, super nice. The uh, videographer and uh, director, super nice, super uh, welcoming. And um, I had the script like the night before. So I had to wake up in the morning, um, remember the lines, remember most of the lines that I could. And then once I got on set, we rehearsed it about three times and it was like, okay, it's go time. So in tomorrow's teaching, um, a lot of that, I actually did remember the, the lines, but a lot of it was also improv, um, just ad-libbing the lines and things like that because it was uh, it was it was definitely tough at first to remember the lines. I got a little nervous and I felt like a little pressured because I never, I never had to remember lines overnight within or that same day. Um, but they were understanding, of course, they sent the, of course, they were like, yeah, just ad lib. And, and when I started ad libbing, the line started coming to me and I was like, okay, let's do it again. And once I got into the, the flow of it, it was like golden. And it just, it just, it just like, I don't know how, but the, the lines just somehow embedded in my, my brain. And I started saying the lines verbatim. <laughs> so I do hope to work with them again. I'm super excited for the future with them. Um, yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Yeah. I think that that's the issue with the um, today is people don't um, embrace the differences in everybody in the world. You know, like um, for instance, when I first moved to San Diego, I think that I um, I was super excited because in Philadelphia, you know, we don't really have um, uh, I guess. Well, in my my city, in my my neighborhood, it was predominantly black. So when I moved out to San Diego, it was like, whoa, like this is like a melting pot because in Philadelphia, I kind of stayed in my neighborhood. Um, but then when I got out here, it was like my neighbor, my neighbors are a different race. My my uh, co-workers are a different race. So it was always good to embrace different cultures. And you always learn from them. It's always interesting to see, you know, their take on things and how they do things. Um, so I think that I wish that I, I wish that the world or just people in general would just embrace the differences in everybody. You know, whether you're transgender, whether you're, you know, part of the LGBT QIA community or whoever you are, you know, it, it, as long as you're not hurting anybody, why can't we just learn to, you know, come together and, and treat everybody fairly and equally and just like a human being? Because, you know, when I go out, I don't want to be stared at because maybe my hair might be in an afro and things like that. Or maybe because I might be wearing, you know, um, an African print shirt with, with tribal colors on there. And people might look at me like, what is she wearing that for? You know, um, I just think that it's always good to embrace people's cultures because living in Italy, I learned so much from from them. Um, just their lifestyle is just different from ours. You know, they they take siestas or I think it's siestas. Yeah. During lunchtime. And they actually close down their shops. They go to they go home. They spend a lot of time with their family. And instead of looking at that, like, that's really weird. It was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Or I want to learn more. Can you tell me more about your culture or the city, the hometown that you come from? You know, instead of just kind of being closed minded, 
You know, I, I always want to learn somebody's backstory or just more about them. I'm happy to be learning about you and spend time with you, you know, Liz. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I'm so happy to be here, actually. I'm really, really excited. This is this is, this is is a good time. This is my first interview, actually. Oh, it is? I'm your first interview? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I'm so glad that you came on my show. You know, it's, it's a blast. Thank you. How cool would affect you? I think that for me... Yeah, I think for me, it was a little different because I was in the military. Um, so I had a stable job. I had a stable income. You know, they didn't just stop paying me. They didn't, they didn't just tell me, you can't come into work today because of whatever. I just worked from home. Um, so I was still able to gain that paycheck and I still was under health insurance and things like that. Um, so financially or, or job wise, I was, un I was not affected by it. I think that it gave me a much needed break instead of always going into the job and traffic and things like that. I was able to just, you know, wake up, log on to my computer, answer a couple of emails, maybe um, talk to the boss. And then that was it. I think mentally it was definitely straining because uh, at the time I was living on base. So mm -hmm. there wasn't much for us to do. Um, it was just stay in your, stay in your bears room, stay in your apartment. Um, and, you know, just hope for the best during this time because it was unknown. It was unknown. We didn't know what was going on. Um, so after a while, just coming out in the living room with my roommate, watching TV, going back into our room to sleep, coming back out, doing the same thing over and over again. It, it got so boring and mentally I was drained. Um, we would go for walks outside. But then again, we were kind of nervous because everybody had the same idea and you didn't want to be around a lot of people at the time. So that human interaction went away. And I liked I love talking to people. So it was kind of hard to just FaceTime people and say, hey, how you doing? I like to actually be face to face with people. It's different. It's a different vibe. You know, um, I think taking that human interaction away was definitely difficult for me to deal with. Um, and at the time. You know, I had literally just transferred to my new command, my new job. Um, so it was a bunch of new people there and trying to, you know, talk to them on on uh, what is it group me or things like that. It was difficult because I didn't know them. So, you know, they would ask me questions and I didn't really know my new job like that. So it was like, I don't know, like I can't really answer that. And I just felt, you know, kind of helpless. So all of that, just all of that. And on top of that, right before COVID hit, I really started getting more and more into acting. And once COVID hit, it was like done. And that really put a, it put a, it, 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 it definitely uh, made me feel uh, really down at the time um, because it was like, man, I just wanted to get it. I just started acting. I just started getting into it. And now you mean to tell me that the world is closed. The world is closed. I can't do it anymore. Um, so I just had to find ways to deal with it. And I think the biggest way for me to deal with it was I definitely, you know, I masked up and I walked outside. And I think definitely being in tune with nature definitely helped me. And I love going for walks now. That's my favorite thing to do. And luckily, since I'm in San Diego, we have the beach. We have, you know, hiking trails. We have, if you go up, you might have, you know, the mountains and things like that. So it's, it's always an adventure. And I think that that definitely helped me, um, you know, help with my mood. And then also on top of that, it was like, you know what, maybe this is just a time for me to rest, a time for me to, you know, reflect on a lot of things and get myself together. And so I also took that time to, um, you know, do some work, journal. And I I would definitely say I got closer with God during that time. You know, I prayed a lot because it was definitely a tough time for me. And I think I even got closer to my family and friends because it was like, well, you know, 
hey, how you doing? It was just like I would just randomly call him up more and more because I kind of, you know, I kind of was I didn't have anything else to do. So it would first started out as, all right, I don't have anything to do. Let me just call my my brother or my sister and or my dad and my mom became like routine. And like I talk to them almost all the time now. <laughs> So I was like, yeah, I'm glad to hear that. And maybe go back to college at some point, maybe? Yeah, yeah I definitely want to go back to college. I want to go for theater. Um, <laughs> I think that that's the best way to go for me instead of living on fear. Because a lot of times, you know, before my goal was to become a nurse. And um, because I knew that it would be a steady job, it would be, you know, I would never have to worry about financially going broke. But then I realized that I don't think that I would be happy. That's not really my passion. And working in patient care right now, um, in the mil- well, when I was in the military, it was always tough because you never knew who you were going to get as a patient. And sometimes they are not the nicest, which I understand. You know, you might be in pain, or you might just have had a bad day, and you know, you might take it out on the nurse or the assistant, the, the CNA, or things like that. So I understood. But I also realized then and there that this is not my calling. I don't think I want to work in patient care anymore. I just want to follow my dreams because life is short and you just never know. You never know. And if it doesn't work out, which I pray it does, then at least I can live my life knowing that I did try. I did try to follow my dreams. I did follow my dreams. Maybe it just didn't work out the way I wanted it to, but I did follow them. And I want that to be, you know, I want that to be, you know, the legacy when I look back on my life. I tried. I went for it. I went for my dream. I went for my passion. And a lot of people, unfortunately, I was one of them. They let fear run them. They let fear, you know, uh, hinder their dreams and aspirations when it, it shouldn't be that way. And we live in a world where it's like, you know, you have to do this. You have to do that. You have to do that. And sometimes even our parents instill in us, you know, you have to go to college. You have to, you know, get become a doctor or a lawyer or a police officer or a nurse or something like that. But it's like, will I be happy? Will I be happy doing that? Probably not. So why not just, you know, go for it? Why not just, I'd rather be happy and, you know, living off a paycheck to paycheck than, you know, having all this money, but I'm miserable and I'm dead inside and I don't even want to travel anymore because I just got off of a 12 hour shift and now I'm tired and I can't even get up and go to the gym or I can't even get up and travel the world like I want to do. You know, I'd rather just be happy and follow my dreams. So. Yeah. <laughs> even, though, even though I have a degree now, so it's so tough trying to find a, trying to find a better job in it in Tamifield. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely I think that I definitely learned noticed that too. Um, you know, one of my friends, she has a degree and I don't even remember what it is, but she can't even find a job in her field. And and nowadays, even if you have a master's degree, it's still hard to find a job. And so I realized that even if I do become a nurse or if even if I do get my degree in this or that or or something in the health industry or the tech industry, I might not even find a job. I might even find a job in my field. I might still have to work at, you know, um, retail or or fast food industry. You just never know, you know. Um, I think that's the, one of the things about life is, is always just the unknown. You're going into the unknown. And so I guess for me, it was like, I'd rather, you know, go for a degree in something that I love and something that I'm truly passionate about and if if it doesn't work out, then so be it. But hey, I have my degree and something that I love, you know, instead of something that I kind of was forced into doing or peer pressure into doing or or doing it because 
I know it was fear because I know with the nurse, I could make a lot of money. I would always have a job. And COVID taught us that, that nurses were in high demand and they were willing to pay big bucks to have a nurse, you know, on the, on the floor. But I knew then it, it just wasn't for me. I'm just, I'm just not a patient care person. I just, you know, I couldn't do it. it it's, it's, it's scary having a life in your hands as well. And one fatal mistake could be the end of, you know, a patient's life. And I knew that then and there that that's, super risky because you just, you just don't know, you know, and maybe in a couple years from now, my opinions will change. I'm like, you know what? I'm ready to do patient care again. I feel this way. But right now, after all I've seen, I think maybe I was burnt out from it. You know, it was always, you know, and it was hard sometimes dealing with some of the patients because they, it was, their stories were like, you know, pretty tough to hear. So I think that was all it was too, was I'm a very um, empathetic person. And, and when somebody's sad, I feel it. And, and, and that was hard for my job as a patient care, because, you know, sometimes people, you're a therapist as well as a, as a medical provider. And so you, you listen to their stories and, and sometimes it's tough and you just have to put on a brave face and, you know, keep on taking care of them. Or you might have another patient 20 minutes later. And so it, it was hard. So I realized then and there that I don't think I could do it. But like I said, who knows, maybe in the future, maybe I will like it. I never know. You never know. Life always just throws curveballs at you and you have to just, you know, catch them. <laughs> so after, my, after my mother passed away, I want that, you know, you know, a life. Yeah. Life's curveballs is not fun, you know. I, I just want to say that. Yeah. How, how do you to deal with racism? You know? um, oh, that's a tough question. I... um. Sometimes it's fresh. A lot of times it's frustrating. Sometimes I just brush it off because it, it is what it is. I think it is funny because growing up in Philadelphia, I never really faced racism like that because, like I said, in my neighborhood, we were all black. I think the most I've gotten was I used to get picked on because I was light skinned and that was it. But it was like, you know, a little fun banter and that was it. I never took it personal. But I would definitely say, um, joining the military, um, going overseas and just looking at, just realizing how people look at you differently. It, it may, it used to make me feel away. Like, you know, every time we would go to like, like one time I went to Poland and we were the only black people there. So it was just really funny to see, you know, all the looks at the airport, like, Hmm, what are you doing here? You know, but I took it as, you know what, it is what it is They're Maybe they're curious. Maybe they don't understand. Um, I think that it was also funny because in the military, I have a lot of friends from down south and, you know, they would tell me their experiences and I'd be like, wow, that's crazy. Like in Philadelphia, we don't have that problem because you just you just you won't run into, you know, that issue over up in Philadelphia. But, you know, the Confederate flag thing was was new to me. I've never seen a Confederate flag being flown um, in my city. Rightfully so. You know, that would just be uh, that would just be crazy for somebody to do that in Philadelphia. But, you know, down south, they might have that a lot more. And for me, it was a culture shock. And so funny thing, when I joined the military, I thought that, you know what, this will be fine. You know, I I won't experience this, but it was a subtle racism. You know, like, um, for instance, one of my classmates, they used to wear a Confederate flag belt and a Confederate flag um, phone case. And I was shocked. And I, I told him, I said, why are you, why are you doing that? You know, I respect everybody's opinions, but it wasn't like argumentative. It was more so like, I'm curious, why are you wearing that? And they were like, you know, it's about pride and it's about this and that. And, and of course, in my opinion, that's means something totally different for me. Um, but I guess at the end of the day, you kind of just have to 
brush it off because fighting isn't going to get you anywhere. You know, arguing sometimes just like arguing with a brick wall. They just won't see it. Um, and I guess, unfortunately, now I kind of just I don't want to say I learned to deal with it because, you know, certain things I just won't tolerate. But if it's little, small, subtle things, it is what it is. Well, hello there. This is the J-Man Show on WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston's local community radio station. Subtle things, it is what it is. Um, I guess I just, I guess I just brush it off. I guess I just brush it off because I'm an unproblematic person. And unless you're truly disrespecting me, then hey, you know what? You're entitled to your opinion. You don't like me because of my race or my skin color, then you're lost because I'm a great person. I'm a really nice, loving person. And you're missing out on a good, genuine person, a human being, you know? And at the end of the day, I am human. And if you can't look past the color of my skin or the texture of my hair, then maybe you're not a good person to be around anyway, you know? So that's how I look at it. Well, God bless you. I can't say better myself, you know, because you are, you are very beautiful. You Thank, know. You. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. So, so what do you see yourself years from now? Um, I guess I see myself maybe 10 years down the line, you know, except my Oscar, maybe my second or third Oscar or my second or third Emmy. <laughs> um, that would be great. That would be the goal. Um, but I just want to be a working actress. You know, I want to be able to pay the bills by acting. I want, even if it's not, even if I'm not like, you know, a big Hollywood star, I would just still love to be just getting jobs left and right and left and right. Even if it's for, you know, a local film or a local commercial or anything like that. I just want to be able to pay the bills with, with acting. Um, so 10 years from now, I would love to, you know, have one of my films on, on a big screen or one of my, the many um, episodes that I'm writing on TV or, and, and I'm starring in them and things like that. And I just want to, you know, that's where I see myself in 10 years. That's exactly where I see myself in 10 years. Netflix deals, Hulu deals, HBO deals, or things like that. <laughs> Working with Tyler Perry or 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 Issa Rae. I would love to work with Issa Rae. That's like one of my dreams to be on one of her shows. So in 10 years, if I'm working with Issa Rae, that's that's the dream. <laughs> I also I also work with you, you, you. Yeah, that would be great. I would love to work with you too. <laughs> So, you know, anything is possible. So I I look forward to working with you one day. Do you like to do for fun? Um, So for fun, I uh, I think I said this earlier, I love going for walks. So I can go on like a two hour walk sometimes. As long as I have my music in my ear, mm -hmm. I'm fine with going for walks. I especially love walking on the beach. Um, That's always my go-to. It calms me down and things like that. Uh, something else that I like to do for fun is I love to travel. I That's just one of my hobbies now. So whenever I can, if I have time off, I'm going to go somewhere, even if it's just to another city. Um, I'm down to do that. I love to explore different things. And um, yeah, my my the last thing I like to do for fun is I like to write. I love to write. Um, it's like a way to express myself and a way to decompress everything that's going on in my head because I always have a million things going through my head at one time. So a lot of times I just like to write it down and, and it brings me joy. Mm -hmm. um, especially when I look back on what I wrote, sometimes it feels like, like, it's not even me writing because sometimes I'll look back at the things that I wrote and I'm like, did I, I wrote this? Wow. I like to look back on things. Like one time I wrote this, this, uh, the, I guess the intro and chat first chapter of a book. And so I kind of forgot about it. And I checked in my, um, my email one time I emailed it to myself 
And I opened it and I was like, whoa, this is good. This is really good. And I think that's when I realized that I can actually write because before I kind of downed myself and I downplayed a lot of my talents. So I didn't really look at me as a writer. But once I saw that, the beginning of that book, I was like, wow, this is good stuff. I'm a writer. And so now I just I just do it for fun. I try not to let anything. Um, I guess I try not to let it feel like I'm pressured to write. Because once I feel like I'm pressured to write, then I lose the joy in it. Um, so it's never a, you have to write every day or for an hour straight. It's just whenever you feel like writing, get out your journal, get out your um, get out a piece of paper or whatever and just write. And by the end of it, I have like some intricate poem or some detailed story about something or I even wrote a pilot for a, a sitcom that I had in my head. And then I and I didn't even know it until I was like, oh wow, this is good. This is actually pretty funny. I'm actually a funny person as well. I think I'm very, very funny. But um, <laughs> so those are the things I like to do for fun. That's good. I mean, I, ho I hope that some of you, some of, some of you, you could be in the stick come to life. I love I, I I I to be in it, you know, so, you know. Yes, definitely. I, I pray on it. I pray that one day, you know, uh, my sitcom, a feature film that I have in mind um, will come to life, you know, and I'm already doing that. I'm already bringing my work to life by, you know, the short film that I'm I'm putting on um, or that I'm starting to uh, reach out to different people and look for videographers and things like that. I think that for the longest time, it was I was always, like I said earlier, downplaying my my talents or myself and not thinking that I could do it. And so um, I actually wrote a film before called uh, for postpartum depression. Um, and at first it just started off as a poem. And then after a while, I was like, I could actually turn this into a film. Um, so I reached out and and it was just like everything just came full circle. Everything just worked together because I prayed on it for the longest time. I kept I kept praying on it. And then finally, I reached out and this person that I reached out to was like, I, I feel like I want to, I want to do this for you. I want to help you out. So, you know, by the grace of God, we found each other. She went down on her price for me. So I was really able to afford her. And, you know, we just together, we made magic happen. And she is a, a great videographer, great director um, and producer. She does it all. So she's great. Um, and she also helped me step out of that comfort zone and, um, she helped me dig deep to find that, you know, I, I am talented. I do have things to say. I can put this out. And I, I shouldn't just limit myself to just acting. I can write. I can direct. I can produce. I can do more than one thing. So I think that definitely pulled me out of my comfort zone. That's wonderful to hear. Um, what do you people can do to make the world better? <laughs> That's a loaded question. <laughs> um, I guess, man, I would say... Uh, start by cleaning up the world. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, like, um, I always find it peaceful when I'm in like a green, like a green area with like flowers and trees and grass and there's no trash anywhere. And it makes me feel better internally. So when I feel better internally, um, not even knowing it, I'm happier. And when I'm happier, it rubs off on other people or I'm just nicer to other people. And and just being nice to one person for like even in, uh, two seconds, just, hey, how you doing to a random stranger? It could make their day or even just saying you look nice today. It's all a chain reaction. So I think that's the first thing. A lot of times, um, especially in Philadelphia, um, 
it, it was just like, you know, a lot of abandoned houses on my block or um, just trash everywhere, you know, weeds, no flowers or anything like that. No, no greenery in my area. So, you know, from some people would kind of put you in the down mood, like this is all that I see. All right, well then whatever kind of thing. So I think that in a weird way, cleaning up the neighborhood, cleaning up the environment in general can help lift so many people's spirits because a lot of people always stay in the house maybe because their environment isn't the nicest. Um, and then you, you start to lack vitamin C, you become vitamin C, uh, sorry, vitamin D deficient. And that can always down your mood. It can always bring you down. So I think that just getting outside um, will always, you know, help the world be a better place because once you're outside, you know, you might run into somebody, you might see them and they might have a down day, but because you're happier, because you got outside from the vitamin D, it makes you happier because your neighborhood is clean. You might be able to lift this person's spirit and you didn't even know it. So I know it's a weird answer, but just cleaning the environment, I feel like could definitely make the world a better place because it sets off a chain reaction. I definitely agree with you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so yeah, this, this is great. I mean, learn so much about you and what you've been what you've you been doing. Oh, I'll, I'll, you did you might you might ever, ever come to Boston? I would love to. Honestly, I do want to go to Boston. I don't know the time frame yet, but I would love to go to Boston. And always, if I'm in Boston, I would definitely come and reach out to you because I would love to, you know, meet you in person. <laughs> but you never know what the cards hold. For uh, you know, I would say maybe hopefully in the next year, I would love to come out to Boston. Being as though, um, you know, all the way on in West Coast, sometimes those plane tickets are crazy expensive. Wow. I that's one thing about random fact. That's one thing I loved about Europe is, um, you know, traveling to Europe was so cheap. I could go from Italy to London and it would only be thirty three dollars. Whereas opposed to here. Yeah, it was so cheap. I got it. The most I paid for a plane ticket was maybe like eighty dollars from um, like I think it was Greece to London. $80. And that was the most I've ever paid. But out here in, Phil in in America, it's a lot more expensive from here, from here to Las Vegas, it might be like $200 sometimes. Yeah. So once those plane tickets go down, I'll definitely make my way <laughs> to Boston. <laughs> That's from Boston. That was like $200. That's great. Each radio, right? Mm -hmm. That's expensive. Mm -hmm. definitely, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think what you're saying, you're like, yeah. Just such on and me. Whenever you're in California, San Diego, just, you know, you know, I'll definitely, you know, show you around the beautiful city of San Diego. <laughs> and how's the weather out there? Is, is it hot out there right now? Well, today it's raining and uh, I'm actually looking out the window right now. It's raining, it's windy and it's very cloudy. Um, so that's not typical weather for California. It's usually sunny, blue skies and things like that. Um, but, you know, there is a song called It Never Rains in Southern California. That is not true. <laughs> I think this has been one of the most rainiest uh, seasons since I've moved here. And I think I've been here for about five years. So it's pretty rainy right now. It's been raining. It's like uh, on and off for about two weeks now. So that's yeah. fun. <laughs> right now, it's definitely snowing right now, you know. So, you know, in Boston, I'm not a fan of the cold weather. So, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to, you know, that's how I'm looking, you know, branch up maybe go to school in Florida, California, because I don't, I'm tired of, I'm tired of the snow, you know. So, you know, so. Yeah, I actually miss the snow sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, I Yeah, sometimes. I don't miss the shoveling or uh, people still in my parking spots after I shovel out my car. Mm -hmm. But I definitely miss, you know, the snowball fights or it's something. Something about the snow when um it, it when it first falls it's just so quiet the streets are quiet it, I can't explain the feeling that I get when it snows 
but I do miss that feeling or even just like, you know, the first day after the snow, untouched snow. I think that's so beautiful to me. And just like looking out, sometimes I would just come on my steps and just look out at the snow and just like take pictures of it because I'm a nerd like that. <laughs> just take plenty of pictures of the snow or things like that. Um, but I do miss the snow. I definitely miss it. Don't miss, don't miss the driving in it. Don't miss parking in it or trying to find parking in yeah. the snow. But I that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like to still stuff because it's time, you know. It's Christmas time for sure. Um, but nowadays, it just barely snows. <laughs> well, especially in California, it doesn't snow. Um, and if it does snow in San Diego, then no, uh, that's that's a scary thing. But in Philadelphia, whenever I go to visit, um, I barely see snow now. But I remember as a kid during this time or during around Christmas time, it was a guaranteed snow day or two or three on yeah. top of having Christmas. Break. So it was just like pretty much for that whole month we were out of school, which I love. <laughs> Same, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking myself. I, I, man, I wish I wish I wish I was a few when I call funny. I'd be lucky. I'm, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm so glad that you, that you made that movie you because know, because you did the right thing. I, I can definitely tell you tell you that you're gonna kind of go far, you know. Thank you. you. It's kind of awesome. We should, we should probably come in summertime. You don't want to. You are not gonna come and come want to come right now. Like, <laughs> but you know. So yeah. I have to bring like snow boots and and the snow, whole snow gear to come out there right now. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to do that, you know, so that's it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, 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 how can my fans find your find your social media now? Well, my Instagram is uh, at z a h a r a underscore Farrar f as in Foxtrot a r r a r. Um, that's my Instagram. It just has like a bunch of my, uh, my headshots or my, it's just my acting page. Um, and then for my YouTube channel, it's my first and last name. Um, I have a YouTube channel and I put all of my, um, work on there. So if you want to check that out as well, you can always check that out. And okay. that is all the social media that I do have. <laughs> okay. And, and you know, post one of you, I'm doing something new, right? And the project coming up, you'll post so we can check it out, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. Definitely. I, you know, I hope that everyone enjoys it once it comes out, becoming strangers once again. Um, I hope that everybody enjoys it. I hope everybody can, you know, take something from it because that's the thing about art is it's always supposed to, well, not always, but for the most part, it should be something that gets you thinking, something that gets you wondering or questioning things. And I hope that, you know, it can allow people to be vulnerable with themselves and with, you know, loved ones or family and friends and just say, you know, I saw that film and this is how I felt about it. Um, and it's something that's unfortunately super relatable, heartbreak, breaking up with your, you know, somebody that you thought you would spend forever with It's it's, it's unfortunate, but it's relatable. Um, and this is just kind of how I got through that and how the stories of many other people, how they got through it as well. And so my hope and my goal is that people will see it and they'll be like, you know what, this isn't the end of the world, just the end of this relationship. And, you know, during this time, maybe I should just spend time with me and get to love me or know me. And, 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 um, you know, and just when the time is right, then the person will come instead of just, you know, just kind of sulking and being, you know, this, this different person, this is this sad person who, um, just can't kind of get over the heartbreak. I hope that this is kind of just like um, a guide for them to say, you know what, you'll get up, you'll get through this. It's just temporary. Yes, I think. Yes, I definitely believe. You know that we can get through anything, anything as long as you have God first. That's something my mom told me. That you know, as long as you have God first, you know, you can make through through anything because He paid the way. So you know, so yeah, I definitely. Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah. Well, this is so much. Well, this is an honor to meet you and learn about your story. And um, okay, so I wrote that for my fans. This is this is Sahara Fafara. She was on my show today. She was honored to be in if you know, and she is, you know, she's gonna be next big star. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. You're welcome on my show anytime you want. Anytime. Always a pleasure to talk to you. I really enjoyed our time our time together. Thank you. I did too. Hello there. This is the J Man Show on WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston's local community radio station.